0: Hi there. Andrea Johnson here. As we wrap up season one of the Intentional Optimist Unconventional Leaders podcast, I want to share some best of episodes with you. Now, how do we determine those, you ask? Well, these are the best ones according to you. The most popular episode from season one is number six, The Importance of Being Present. Present is the second tenet of intentional optimism, along with optimistic, energetic, courageous, wise, and intentional. And this episode is a great overview of what that entails. So, as we head out of the summer and into the fall, and season two, I want to be more present with my family, my friends, and you. So, if you haven't heard this episode yet, you're in for a treat. It's some good stuff. Let me know how this resonates with you. Head on over to Instagram and hop into my DMs and tell me all about it. I'd love to know how I can help you be more present. All righty, on with the show. You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. When you hear the phrase, you need to be present, what comes to mind? I've been struck lately with how desperately I think we need this discussion, and since it's one of the six tenets of intentional optimism, we're just going to dive right in. Welcome to Episode 6, What It Means to Be Present. Now this phrase is tossed around all the time, and I used to think it was limited to ideas like active listening, or paying attention, or especially not being on my phone, avoiding living in the past or the future, that kind of thing. And then it grew to include things like looking for beauty and blessings, being more kind and open. As a matter of fact, I wrote a blog post almost exactly one year ago titled, Why It's Taken Me So Long to Be Present and How You Can Do It Today. Gosh, that sounds really compelling, doesn't it? Now, would I write that post exactly the same way today, six months into a global pandemic, working from home and managing my son's virtual classroom? No, not a chance. Looking back over that post, I kind of shake my head at the naivete, the innocence, even the shallowness. Not that I was wrong or immature, but what I know now versus what I knew then blows my old understanding of being present out of the water. It makes it seem shallow and uninformed. The sheer volume of life lessons that we've all had the opportunity to learn, even just in the last six months, can be overwhelming if we try to look back and quantify every single one of them. But if we don't reflect at all and figure out where we are today, I fear we will really miss out on what it means to be present. Now, as a brief reminder, intentional optimism is loosely based on the woman described in Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. She's a philanthropist. She feeds and clothes the poor. She's a mom, wise, strong, discerning, curious. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, she's energetic. But I love that she laughs without fear at the future. And I think one of the reasons she can do that is because she's present today. Now, the basic components of what I believe it means to be present are still valid and relevant. Cultivating wonder, generosity, and openness, they're at the heart of it. But on this side of the last 12 months, I see things with so much more depth. You know what I mean? Let me give you an example. I love systems and processes. I am totally into process improvement. So as a college student, when I discovered the Franklin Planner System, I was all in. I had one of those leather-bound binders that carried all of my stuff. Now, paper planners went out of style for a while, but I think people have rediscovered them. So if you're looking for something like that, I'll include the link in the show notes. One of the things that I loved about the system and what made it work for me was the idea that all of my planning, tasks, and goals would be based on my values or what was important to me. And working through the exercise they provided to determine those things was extremely helpful. Now on that list, number one was, I celebrate beauty in all things and people. Yep, I still remember it. I think I might even have the list around here somewhere because I actually laminated it and put it in the very front of my binder. Interestingly, that's still one of my main core values. But why, you ask, does that matter? Well, because it's a huge piece of what I think it means to be present. Celebrating beauty helps me maintain a healthy sense of wonder. When I look for beauty in people and ideas, not just in nature, I focus less on myself and on my own thoughts. This is so very helpful to me right now. I'm working from home, seeing the same two people every single day, all day, and sometimes not even leaving my property for upwards of six days at a time, that makes it so much more likely that I'm going to focus on the things that really bug me. Trust me, there are plenty. Now, add to that figuring out new communication styles for work and for school because we're not there in person, and it's incredibly easy to focus on every single flaw. But when I decide, yep, there's that word again, you're going to hear it a lot from me, to get curious, asking why people think things rather than telling them what I think, working to figure out what different ideas mean rather than just dismissing them if I don't understand, and then celebrating what makes each individual unique and then celebrating our skills and how we can work together, we're way more likely to be able to get along and be open with each other. If I'm learning anything right now, it's how to be open to interruptions. Holy cow, at any given moment, I might have requests for my attention from any myriad of sources. Learning how to be generous with my time and attention is huge. It doesn't come naturally to me at all. But just recognizing that even though I've done that throughout the day, I still need to ensure that I have a little left in the tank for supper time is a win these days. I've noticed that while I may have interest and bandwidth for new relationships, I sometimes lose patience with how much work it takes to maintain and nurture connection with those I supposedly know really well. How easy is it to just assume those relationships don't need work or will survive the distance of pandemic and forced isolation? My family and friends aren't the only ones who need this. I need connection. I've learned so much in the past year about the value of sharing information. So many women fight each other for what we perceive to be that one spot at the table. Now, if you haven't listened to episode five, open source leadership, you need to go back and listen. Monique Minnick is a great example of this concept. I like to paint the picture of hiking up a mountain with one hand, I'm reaching out to someone helping me up, and with the other, I'm reaching out to help whomever is coming up behind me. For too long, we, as women, have allowed the greater narrative in society to define how we support each other. And this really just can't continue any longer. I believe we're in an era of what I like to call arm linking. It's time to walk together, helping each other, mentoring those coming along behind, I want to always be available, ready to share my skills, wisdom, and experience, because these aren't protected or precious commodities. I want to be able to teach others, you, to do the same thing. And it's going to take courage, the willingness to work together on major things and allow a difference of opinion or belief on the minor things. But this is how we get to the place you may not expect being present to land, being kind and open. Open to what exactly? Well... For starters, feeling all the feels. And there are a whole lot of them coming at us every single day, aren't there? If your life is anything like mine, some of these feelings are really overwhelming. I think the second week of school, I might have cried eight or 10 times. (laughs) And it's not just being in the middle of a pandemic. Add in remote working, new communication techniques that I mentioned earlier, requirements for virtual school, and by that I mean bell ringer, hall monitor, class monitor and teaching aid, lunch lady, recess friend, and homework tutor. And these are all, every single one of them, new roles for both me and my husband. And they're happening right now. Sometimes the feelings of overwhelm rise up like a tidal wave, threatening to completely take me under. But there is literally no room to walk away, push down, or deal with them later. They must be addressed now. This is how being kind and open with myself can help. I have to remember that my feelings are like a barometer. They tell me what's going on inside my head, and then I can look at my thoughts and figure out how I need to change my mind in order to process those feelings. Because if I don't process them, they will just keep coming back. I've already had a request for an episode on negative thoughts and how to do self-talk and self-coaching, so we'll address this concept in a little more detail coming up soon. But it's not just me that needs kindness and openness. Others do too, like my husband and my son, my colleagues, church members, friends, the clerk at the grocery store, and that person on the news that I just don't quite understand. Learning to recognize we are all dealing with all the everything and allowing others to feel all those feelings too is imperative. When I step back, Remembering that each and every person is created in the image of God, worthy of kindness, grace, respect, and protection, it keeps me open to your thoughts, feelings, and different opinions. I'm learning to take care not to walk into conversations with my mind already made up, especially about other people's motivations. So many times, it's just that we don't yet understand each other, and that is super important. Again, I'm also learning a ton from other women who are dedicated to opening their hands to those in need. And I have several interviews coming up that will give you great information on this topic. And they are way more expert than me, so I'm going to let them speak. But suffice it to say, I have enough to share. I have time, money, and other resources. And I have to remind myself to embrace an abundance mindset. I want to help you do that as well. So how do we do these things? Well, habits. Yep, there is no way around this one. The habits we practice, the actions we take, those produce our results. James Clear, in his book, Atomic Habits, does an amazing job of breaking down how we develop them. This book is literally a revolutionary concept for me, and it changed the way I do everything. It changed how I view my habits, how I decide and then establish new ones, and even how we work to help my son develop healthy habits and life skills for school. I mentioned earlier the Franklin Planner and some of that practice comes out of Stephen Cubby's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This book, along with Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits, give you a really good idea of what habits you might need to put in place. Now, When we talk about habits around being present, I'll throw a few out there, but you know when you start listening and thinking about these things where you might need to develop some. Here are mine. First, decide to look for wonder, especially beauty in all the nouns, people, places, and things. You'll be surprised how this will begin to shift your perspective from being frustrated to enjoying the moment. We have to look. We have to be willing to see. Second, hold things like time, money, and resources loosely. All the people in your life, and you, will really benefit. Third, determine to remind yourself that we are all made in the image of our Creator and we all have value, even when we disagree, strongly, and that feelings will come and go. They're just feelings. Sometimes they'll overpower you, but they're literally just feelings. I had a counselor one time explain to me, he said, Andrea, feelings are like the wind that blows through a screen door and you need to keep that screen door free and clear so that they can blow through without busting the door down. That has helped me visualize what's going on in my body many times in the last, I don't know, 15 years since he told me that. Keep that in mind. It's like the wind blowing through a screen door. But what we can change, because our feelings are not really those things we can change, we change our thoughts. We go back and think different things. I will probably do a full episode on exactly how to do that. If you need special information or if you want to know about it now, contact me. So how can you begin incorporating these principles? Where do you need to be more present? Have you become cynical? Maybe you need to cultivate a little curiosity and wonder. One of the things I really want to come up with is what I would like to call the curiosity quotient. I think it matters. I think how curious we are determines how we will grow. So stay tuned. If you have any ideas, let me know. We'll work on it together. Maybe like me, you need to be more open to sharing your time. Or do you need to foster a broader sense of openness for others who may not see things through your lens? Where we are right now in the United States, this is extremely important. Now, if even if you're someone who likes steps and specifics, even though it's a year old, and I explained it a little bit more in detail and a little differently today, you can still check out my blog post titled, why it's taken me so long to be present, and how you can do it today. The link will be posted below in the show notes. Don't worry, though. We'll take deeper dives into all of this as we go. Now, do you need to develop new habits? Maybe one of those books is a really good place to begin. If you need to look at how to develop the habits, definitely check out James Clear's book. But if you're looking for what habits and you want to improve your performance, look at the High Performance Habits. But if you need to know some basics on how to be successful, check out Covey. I'd love to hear from you regarding how I can encourage you as you work to become more present. If there's a topic I've touched on, but you need more details or even something you think would benefit our community, drop a comment or a review where you listen to this podcast and let me know. If you're listening on your phone and this has been a helpful episode, snap a screenshot, share and tag me in your social media feed. I'd love to see who's listening and what you think. But of course, you can always email me. The address is provided in the show notes. And let me know how I can be your professional encourager. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're an intentional optimist and you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review with a five-star rating. You can also snap a screenshot right where you're listening, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us and we'll have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me, or just to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, I invite you to schedule a free discovery session to talk with me and learn more. Just email me at Andrea at the Intentional Optimist.com. If you're looking for an encouraging and uplifting community on Facebook, hop on over and join the Intentional Optimist Group, women encouraging women from all over the globe. The community and email links are right here in the show description wherever you listen to the podcast. Until next time, remember, you're the answer. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.